0: press into God, right? Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's at night. Hopefully some of you do the same thing where you're, you're reading passage of the of the word and and you're just asking God to speak to you. But, you know, I don't try to just have those discrete moments in my life. I, I try to say, God, you know what, whenever it is during the day, maybe it's a song that comes, comes to my mind. Maybe it's someone comes to the church door and I need to pray for him. God, I want to be listening and and not too long ago, maybe a month or two ago or so, I was talking with a man named Jack Schreiner. You're going to meet him in a minute if you don't know him. And, uh, and I had asked Jack, would he consider coming on our missions team? The mission team here meets once a month, and we talk over what we're doing locally and, and internationally and whatnot. And, and Jack had come to a couple of meetings, and we were kind of having this discussion, would he join or not? And he's like, Greg, you know what I just don't feel, even though I've been a missionary in the past, I don't feel like God wants me to be a part of this team. And I'm like, so, so why is it, Jack? What's your heartbeat? And he started to share what's on his heart. And I'm like, Jack, we need that heart here. Like, you're, you're not seeing it because we don't have it, and you have it, and we need it. So he decided, okay, I will be part of the missions team. And, and then I went one further since I got him to agree on being on the missions team. I said, you know what, even more, I'd love for you to share a message on a Sunday morning with exactly what you just shared your heartbeat is, because this is something our body needs. So... Um, I'd like you to open up your hearts and give Jack a welcome and, uh, let's hear what God has to say.
1: Good morning, Shiloh. All right. Would you join me in prayer real quick? Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to gather with fellow believers and openly praise you, Lord. Um. For no other reason, Father, than you are worthy of our praise. Uh, Lord, would you speak through me, Lord, today, and inspire us to love the people in our life as you love them, Lord. I pray that not a word would come out of my mouth that isn't relevant or true and from you. I thank you for this, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, I have three confessions to share with you through this message, and I'm going to get two of them out of the way right away. The third one, you're going to have to hang in there if you want to hear it. First confession, when Greg asked me to preach this Sunday, I said, well, I'll check with my wife and uh, we might be busy. And I was hoping we were busy. Um, And I was talking with God about, you know, Lord, do you really want me to do this? Because you know I don't really want to do this. And uh, and I heard this voice in my head go, Jack, and I really wanted to die on the cross for you, so why don't you get up there and do this? Um, so here I am. We weren't that busy. Um, the second confession is, when Greg asked me to preach on missions, I wasn't too excited about that either. Um, that term, missions and missionary, has kind of become a negative uh, term in my life. And you may wonder... Wow, Jack, can you, really, can you really get up in the pulpit and trash talk missions like that? And uh, I believe I can. See, I'm the pot calling the kettle black. Um, by the time I was 26 years old, I'd been on 13 short-term mission trips. Um, and I had been on a two-month-long mission trip. And God had called me and my wife to become full-time missionaries uh, for a two-year period after that. Now, one of the things I learned from that experience is God is in what I call the win-win. And uh, this has been a guiding principle I've kind of lived by since then. Um, What I mean by that is he can create scenarios where everybody benefits. Um, Us humans have these terms, these excuses, like there's no such thing as a free lunch, or for every action there's an equal, equal and opposite reaction, but uh, I think somewhere along the way, God gave 5,000 people a free lunch. So he's proven that that can be done. Um, what I mean by that is, God didn't call me to be a full-time missionary because ch- he knew that I was good at it and I could change people's lives. God called me to be a full-time missionary to change my life. Um, and once he changed my life, he was able to use me to change others' lives. Now, when we talk about missions and we talk about evangelism um, there's a term that we've come up with as Christians we have all these great terms we have almost our own language but some of you have heard of the term I planted the seed Um, it's a commonly used one now show of hands how many gardeners do we have in the service this morning okay you guys are allowed to use that term for the rest of you you will be allowed to use that term once I'm done So when we think of planting a seed, there's a lot more to it than just casting seeds out and walking away and a year later seeing what's grown. Um, Typically, there's some hard ground you have to break so that the seed can take root when it germinates. Um, You have to weed it. You have to water it, um, potentially tie it up so that the storms don't blow it over. Uh, prune it so that it bears more fruit. It's a long-term commitment. Um, You develop a relationship with this plant. Um, And that's why I don't think missions cuts it. I don't think that term does it justice. It's not just a trip. It's not just uh, a once and done. Um, See, what I thought missions was... Was you go on a trip with a bunch of believers from your church? Um, You do something, some service to get your foot in the door with people that don't believe in Jesus. Hopefully, there's somebody in that group who knows scripture enough and is clever enough uh, that was never me to convince people to say the sinner's prayer. Check the box wash your hands, go home, job well done, now you're a good Christian. Um, and after 13 trips, that had never happened for me. Um, if I can bring it a little closer to home, you know, maybe it's, it looks like, for me, it was invite a friend to church, and if the worship team plays the song just right, um, or the pastor is clever enough and has a, has a smooth enough message that they give their life to the Lord, um, and then you hand them off to Greg or Ed, and then they're their problem now, and you're done. Um, But I couldn't have been more wrong. See, God showed me that, one, it's my responsibility to change the people's lives in my life, and it's through the way... You live your life. Um, it's longer than just it's a longer term commitment than just throwing a seed in the ground and walking away. Um, Jesus has a much better term for it. He calls it discipling. Um, and he laid it out pretty clearly for us, pretty plainly for us, which I appreciate, uh, in John chapter 13, 34 and 35. He says. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I love this. It's very, very clear, very plain. Um, And thankfully for me, Jesus picked very plain men to disciple, fishermen. I I, I like to look at it like this. Jesus is getting ready to leave. He's... He's broken ground with these guys. He's planted the seed. He's watered them. He's propped them up. He's hoping that they will bear fruit of their own. And he gives this advice to them as he's leaving. And I think it was I think it was done in, in this environment, in this atmosphere. He's like, Look, just in case you don't get it, just in case you get confused by everything along the way, I came as the living example for you just do what I did just love the way I did and people will know that it comes from me see when you love like this you can't help but share God's love hope and grace with the people in your life now here's my third confession um, and it's a doozy When I'm left to my own devices, when I'm not pursuing God, when I'm not asking him to empty me of myself and fill me full of him, you know who I love? Me. Me, and I love the people that make me feel good. And that's it. But you know what? God can change that. He's changed that for me. And I know he can change it for you. I found three prayers when I was in West Virginia that completely changed my life. And I know they can do the same for you. Um, The first is, if we could just go to that slide. Help me to see the people in my life as you see them. God help me to see everybody I come in contact as your creation as your children even the ones that may be difficult to love Father fill me so full of your love that I can't help but share it with the people in my life this is a big one this is the one that changes the atmosphere from an awkward persuasion to get somebody to believe what you believe, to uh, I have benefited so much from God's grace, peace, and hope that I have to share it with this person. I can't let them go another day without feeling what I'm feeling. The third is reveal to me the branches in my life that need pruning so that I can bear more fruit for you. You know, it's so easy in this culture to get too busy for people. Maybe you're overcommitted and you don't have time to give the guy who you know lost his license a ride to work or help a neighbor clean up a blown-down tree and listen to him as he talks about his marriage falling apart. You know, maybe you need to... um, Stop listening to what you're listening to, because it's affecting the way you see other people in your life. Maybe you need to stop watching what you're watching. I don't know, but I promise this, when, when you pray this prayer, God will show you the areas in your life that you need to prune off. Um, for me, just recently, God's asked me to give up alcohol for a period of time. Now, I don't have a problem with drinking. I don't think it's a sin. Jesus turned water into wine. But this just happens to be a branch in my life that isn't bearing any fruit. And he's yet to show me what fruit's going to come of that, but I'm excited for that. Now, when you pray these prayers, be ready for your life to change because it will. I remember in West Virginia getting to know my neighbors and the tragedies that they faced, the drug addiction, the overdoses, the deaths in the families, their pain become your pain when you pray these prayers, when you see them as God sees them. I remember doing dishes and just sobbing one day, thinking about all that my neighbor has been through, and, and that emotion is what motivates you to share God's love with them. And it's in that environment that the gospel spreads, not out of obligation, To be a good Christian. So, I have a practical opportunity for you. Um, We mentioned Shiloh Fall Fest. Um, I challenge you guys to invite somebody you know to this that could benefit from being amongst believers, being in the fellowship that you're in, but not because I'm up here and I appear to be holy and I'm telling you you need to do this to be a good Christian. Do it out of your desire to share what you have in God. Share what you have in this community with somebody else who you know needs it. And you will win. As I mentioned, God is in the win-win. There is nothing more satisfying than filling your heart so full of God's love that you can't help but share it with the people in your life. It changes your life, and it changes the people's lives that are around you. No TV, no car, no job success, no fancy house will bring you the satisfaction that comes from sharing the gospel in this way. I'd like to pray with you guys. Before I close, but I think Greg had a word he wanted to share.
0: You know, so part of part of us listening to the Holy Spirit is just saying, "Okay, what is it that that God has just said through Jack that's, that we're connecting with, right?" And and uh, you know, I, I listened to this first service, and I just wasn't quick enough to to get up here first service, but. But I said, "Jack, would you give me a few minutes at the end of second service, because there's some things that, that I'm hearing that I don't know if you're hearing them or not, but I just want to like, say, what, what's the connecting points for you? What are the connecting points for me? But I'll give you one of my connecting points. Jack said, "Lives are changed by the way we are living our lives." And you know what, I'm, I'm challenged by that. right? And are we living our lives? Am I living? Let's make it personal. Am I living my life? So that other lives would be changed. What, what does that look like? Right? I mean, there's, there's something. This guy's been on the mission field. Like, I, I just revere people that would give their life to be on the mission field. He's been on the mission field, but it's, you know, we, we've got a, a missions team here, and we, our, our mission statement at Shiloh is this that, that we want to create opportunities, local and international, that would be on ramps to learning how to live a missional life. It's, it's not that the activity in and of itself is, wow, I've been a missionary because I've gone on a week mission trip or, or I've, I've been a missionary because I went to 1269 and served a lunch. It's not the service that's the mission part. It's the heart that's the mission part, right? And, and all these opportunities, all they are is on ramps. So lives are changed by the way we live our life. So, so now I got to ask the question as, as we just close the service, how are we living our life? Is there something that God would, would say to you? I know he's talking to me, but is there something he would say to you? Okay, the way you're loving your neighbor is kind of like Jack's confession. You love people that love you back because that's all that you want to surround yourselves with, right? But, but isn't it a lot more like Jesus to love others with Jesus' love? It's not always the people that love you back that he calls us to love. And, and that's, that's challenging. It, it really is challenging. So what, what stands in the way then? Is it, God, is it really just my selfishness that's standing in the way of, of me growing like you have for me to grow and, and, and me being touched? Um, can you put up his three points for a minute? We'll get there. I guess I could have just gone back. Yeah, there we go. So help me to see people in my life as you see them. Who has God put in your life? Just as, as we're closing, Jack's going to pray for us in a minute, but just think, who has God put in your life? You know, maybe you're like, God, take this person out of my life. Maybe that's been your prayer. But maybe God is saying, no, I've put them there for a reason. right? It, it, it may be people that you're, you love and you need to love them more. Maybe people that you're not loving, and God's saying, no, I want you to forgive them, and I want you to show my love by that. So, so who has God put in your love? And, and now, you know what? We can't love unselfishly the way Christ loves unless he fills us. And, and man, that's my prayer this morning that I need to be, God, I need more of your presence in my life. I need to be filled. And, and as Jack prays in a moment, I'm asking you, would you join us in saying, God, would you, would you fill me so that I can love people the way you've called me to love? But there's something about the scripture that he read Right, it, Jesus said, okay, I want. You, it's a new command. Love others the way I've loved you. But it goes beyond. It's the love you have for one another is how they're going to know you're my disciple. And that love isn't just the love for the, for the people in, that are your neighbors or maybe the unsaved. It's, it's our love we have for one another here. And you know that the reality is whenever you're in a family, if, if you can think about growing up, did you ever have a fight with your brother or your sister? Yeah, I, I know I did. But it's, it's when we have those issues amongst us as a family where, yeah, we kind of rub each other the wrong way. All right, how do we love then? What does love look like then? Because when we don't get it right, that's a display for the world. But when, but when we blow it and we come back in forgiveness and in love towards one another, that's also a display for the world. So, so what is the world seeing in us? So, so Jack, I'm going to turn it back to you now and say, yeah, I need what you're saying my my life isn't where i want it to be and and i'm gonna i'm gonna stand here uh, and probably just kneel at the altar as you pray but i'm gonna invite you as as jack prays if if you want to get in on this prayer why don't you kneel just right where you are all right so jack Okay.
1: (laughs) father god thank you for the work that you've done in my life. Thank you for asking me to get up here. And Lord, if I'm being honest in front of everybody, it's a win-win, Lord. I know that you asked me to come up here, not just to preach this message, but to examine the way I've been living, Lord. Um, Because it hasn't been a life that's changing lives, Lord. Um, And it takes constant maintenance. So, Father, as I pray this prayer of the congregation, I ask that you would include me in this, Lord. Father, would you fill our hearts so full of your love that we can't help but share the peace and hope that comes with following you, Lord. I pray that you would help us to see the people in our lives as you see them as your perfect creation, as your children, Lord. Lord, help us not to be selfish, Lord. Help us not to keep this perfect gift that you've given us, your salvation, to ourselves, Lord. That you would just inspire us. You'd give us opportunities to share you with the people in our life. Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for the work that you're going to do in our lives and the people around us, Lord. In your holy name I pray. Amen. If there's anybody here who hasn't experienced Jesus' love and would like me to pray over them, I'd be happy to. I'll be up here. Have a great weekend, Shiloh. Thank you.